There are over 500 student athletes at Temple University, and in addition to all the work they do for their sport, every single one of them has to maintain the academic standards of our school. To help them do that, they go to Justin Miller at the Resnick Academic Support Center. We talked to Justin about what the Resnick is, what they do for students, and why it's so important. My name is Jay Rosen, and this is Al Sports Update Off Air. Thank you for joining me on the first ever episode of Al Sports Update Off Air. Can you tell me exactly the title of your position? I actually carry two titles. Um, I'm the Senior Associate Athletics Director for Academics and Career Development, um, but I'm also the Senior Director of the Resnick Academic Support Center. So I have a kind of a, not a dual role, but I wear, I, I do report to the provost of the university, um, but at, given my experience in kind of working with athletics, carry an athletics title as well. So yeah. can you explain to our listeners what is the Resnick Center? Yeah, so the Nancy and Donald Resnick Academic Support Center for Student Athletes is a comprehensive support center in its definition for student athletes that consists of academic advising. We have learning specialists. We have career and leadership development, sort of this holistic kind of growth center for our student athletes, a place where they can call home people, as I talk in, do a lot with recruiting and talking about our services. It's really a, a place where people know their name, they know you know where they're from, they know their sport, a place where our students can feel care and support at a really high level to help them maximize their academic potential and their time as student athletes. What do student athletes struggle with the most? What is the thing that the Resnick offers them? So everybody needs different things, as you can imagine. You think of some of your peers and some other students, they need a lot of different things. But almost universally, everybody who's an intercollegiate student athlete, in my opinion, needs time management support, right? You look at a student athlete's schedule with practice, with weight training, with film, with all of the obligations of being a student athlete. One of the things we do is provide structure, where we provide scheduling and not just the resources, but organization and a check and balance to engage these students at their personal level for what they need to be successful and be on top of their stuff and not let things slide through. So I think that's fundamentally we do a heck of a lot more, but fundamentally, that's something that everybody benefits from. You said you do a heck of a lot more. What are some of those things? So there's lives these different pockets of services, and the advising piece is critical, where every team is an assigned advisor um, or more, depending on the team. And I, I've really tried to structure our department where every team has two. So if someone's out sick or is traveling or however it can be, you have a backup. But those staff members work with those teams and meet each student's where they are and what they need. So it's not just the time management, but it's the helping with support plans. So we do offer uh, comprehensive tutorial support services for our student athletes. We've got about just under 100 tutors in every, basically any non-gen ed course that our students might need. Our philosophy is if the student asks for it, we're going to try to fill it. There's also a lot of work being done behind the scenes with coaches. So th this is a, uh, it takes a village department where we're communicating regularly with coaches, with administrators about progress to maximize it. And it's not just the students who aren't doing well. It's the students who are doing great who we want to celebrate. So 
that's on the advising side. There's work with faculty, there's triaging and troubleshooting different scenarios. Then there's this learning support side where it's more working with a smaller population of student athletes who need help maybe in skill development or diagnosed learning disabilities where there's students who need a little extra help. Now that's working in conjunction with DRS, but my learning support team will work with smaller group of student athletes to help them be better students over time. And then the other area that we've doubled down on recently um, within the last four years or so has been career development, helping our students get jobs, provide resources for them, um, and then also leadership development with some different curriculum we've developed. So there's these different pockets, but all of it comes together in one delicious soup that is the Resnick Center. So you guys are really able to personalize the kinds of services you offer to each athlete. I think that's where we're really different. And I think it speaks to the commitment for Temple for what we do is we have a robust staff. I think we have 12 or 13 full-time staff members who they really can get to know the students at a personal level and help put plans in place to help maximize Temple. So you're able to to foster really close relationships, I'm sure, between your advisors and between your student-athletes. That's that's really at the core of what it is, is a lot of it's that building that trust relationship with those parties, with the advisor and the student to understand we're looking out for their best interest. Organizationally reporting the provost, that's where my loyalties lie is to those student athletes to make sure they feel supported. So knowing they have advocates, knowing they have people who are going to help promote their growth, not do it for them, but help them develop those skills to do it on their own. But that personal connection is critical. It's something where seeing that over the years and seeing that our student athletes feel that this place is a place they want to call home, it speaks to those connections they feel. Can you tell me a little bit about a particular student athlete who's really benefited from your services? There's a lot, right? So I've been at Temple now for 12 years. There's a long list of students who've come through this center who are doing great things professionally. But there's one student I'm thinking of who's an active student athlete now. This individual came in and needed a pretty substantial amount of support, whether high school or preparedness, where he came from, needed to be put on a plan where we have a lot of support. So we benefited from learning specialists, right, who would work closely with him on what do you have coming up? What are some assignments? What's your process? How are you reading that text to be a better student? You know, all of these things. From then, working closely with the advisor on major exploration, what do you want to do with this? Now you're doing the work, what do you want to do? So having that touch point with us and seeing that student evolve from someone who would need regular check-ins and reminders to then being autonomous. And then now, if you fast forward to two years now into the student's growth and evolution, enrolled in our leadership academy, is signed up to participate in a study abroad experience. Like all of these pieces were involved in career development and internship talk where you talk about came to us in one way and really touched point all of those different pockets of services that I talked about and really has now taken advantage of everything where he's a he is a walking billboard for our center of what could come. And really, I talked to recruits about graduations expected right here. It's something that we all expect and you should. What I love is seeing a student like this young man who I'm referring to, it became what else is he going to do? What's his resume going to look like? What are his intern... That he's sort of the whole Maslow hierarchy of needs. He's made some steps up the pyramid to now figuring things out and being poised for success in life. I love that idea that graduation is expected. I know that the Resnick's been really successful in that. You guys are proud that you've got nearly 90% of all student athletes graduate. 
almost 90 just on football, but we're actually 93 wow. for all student athletes. And that puts us in the top, we're tied for 20th in the nation of all FBS schools for our graduation success rate. That's fantastic. It's pretty cool. And if you look back, again, being here 12 years, it wasn't that way when I got here. We've built this thing over the years with a lot of changes, with conference changes and head coaching changes and a lot of swirling variables that could derail it at any point. And to continue to grow is something I'm really proud of. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis and the things that you've done over the years that helped this grow? The most important thing that I do, Jay, in my opinion now, is hiring the best advisors and the best staff we can. From a management perspective of the best employees you can find and the time you can spend to recruit and retain really talented people is going to lead to happier students. And then it's honestly free me up to do other things and to have a different impact, right? So from my perspective, on a daily basis, what I'm doing, well, obviously there's day-to-day within the department, but I do have an associate director, Tara Evans, who's a rock star who helps a lot of the administrative things of what's happening. But for me, it's making sure the staff has everything they need to do their jobs the best they can, whether that's training opportunities, whether that's resources, whether that's scheduling, whatever that may be. That's a big part. And then I'm also... I think one of the more common connections with staff is troubleshooting individual student situations. So that's a lot. You know, we put together these weekly reports for our new athletics director of what are our weekly tasks. And every week since he's been here, it's a recurring one is triaging current student issues. This student's having this problem with this, or what do we do about these courses, et cetera. From those perspective, it's also, again, working very closely with athletics, working on promoting the student success, trying to continue this culture. I We'll work a lot closely with coaches. My job, what I love about it in a nutshell, as is, is I'm asked and, and my wife sometimes asks what I would do, but it's different every day and that's what I love it, right? It's some days I'm working with our athletics director like today on faculty senate or it's working with a student athlete on a particular issue, helping a student make a connection in their career to working with prospective student athletes and recruiting. It's this range of things that kind of gets you all, gets me all fired up and it's there's no day that's the same. Now it's cyclical, right? There's some things that like this time of year I'm doing this, but for the most part, the day-to-day is, you know, never know what my inbox is gonna What have. are those kinds of cyclical things? What are the things that keep coming back? Well, you talk about onboarding new student athletes, so freshmen and some of those things that would go with a normal academic year. But then really to start each semester, there's some administrative functions, whether that's tutor scheduling, my end of semester reports, if I'm very data focused. So running data, providing uh, some analysis on the semester and providing all those things. So those happen at the end of every semester where I'm, and it's been the same for our coaches who've been here. They're used to seeing the same things around the same time. We'll do progress reports to faculty once a month. They're critically important processes. It's just making sure they get done it the right way. And one of the things that we've changed a little bit over the years, and it's now been a decade, but really trying to shift the emphasis. When I first got here, there was a lot of interaction with faculty and staff members, which I truly encourage. I think that's a good communication can happen. But I felt as though when I first got here, there was more of the, the things the students should be asking for and communicating about individuals on my staff were doing. So one of the things we try to do is take a step back. It takes a little bit extra effort, but then working through the students to be them communicate first. It seems like, the, well, obviously, but that's 
that could be a longer route, but that's the right route. So really trying to have our students lean in with faculty and really engage through this process is something that we, I think we've really shifted that mentality and our faculty have responded really well. You guys are really sort of trying to foster independence and trying to, to grow these students. That's the ultimate goal, man. And I say it to recruits and their families. If you have a senior who needs the same level of support that you did when you first got to us as a freshman, we've all failed you. Coaches have, administrators, advisors, everybody. So it's really having that mentality of an expectation of seeing growth and celebrating growth, even if it may not be as substantial as we want, but still recognizing that achievement. That's what I love this job. And I've said that to peers of mine who are doing other corporate things. And I'm around people every day who hypothetically are getting better. That doesn't always happen everywhere else. But being around that where you've got, I've got tutors, I've got student athletes who are on this really cool upswing in life and being to be able to be a part of that on a daily basis is really rewarding. And it's not like, because I've said this with, with families, their students, their, their, their kids are going to go away. They're not going to see the growth every day and they're going to come back and see the substantial growth where we get to see it every day and then have those moments of reflection. Like, yeah, we got like that, that student, you know, last year would never have done this and celebrating that. Right. So that's just been, that's a unique part of the job and having, being able to see that through the team we have our staff and be able to share in those moments together of the growth is pretty cool. How do you know what your mentors, your advisors, your tutors, how do you know what they're doing to help the students? How do you evaluate yourselves? A lot of the evaluation that I have, because what, what ends up happening, Jay, as you can imagine, is we have tutors, I have staff members, um, advisors, learning specialists, everyone who start getting so connected that that relationship gets so strong that they feel responsible for the grade. And that's where I always try to put the stop on it and say, that's not what this is about, right? We need to be responsible to the process. None of the Joel Embiid nonsense, but like, did we do what we normally do and we should do for this student? If the answer is yes and the grade may not be what we wanted, I'm good with that and we need to all be good with that, right? We can't own the that performance metric, right? So having that moment of like, I got to tap the brakes on this one, sounds like you might be caring a little bit more and we got to meet the students where they are. So for me, so much of trying to evaluate the process is what we'll try to do. So it's about one of the things that's important for us is regular weekly meetings with the coaches and with the with the students and the sport administrators. So it's about, are those meetings happening? What's the information that's being shared, right? So if a student's not doing well in a class and we've been telling and communicating that for eight weeks of the semester, gee, I'm, I'm good there. We did our job, right? We At that point, we're demonstrating we need, there needs to be a behavior change or need to be something different happening with the student. If it doesn't happen, we just have to be true to what we control. And oftentimes that's the flow of information and the quality of support we have in here. I'll go to bat for the quality of support we have in here. And as long as the communication's good, I'm not saying throw the hands up, but it's a, okay, I'm, we can, let's breathe. Obviously you guys are so successful at this. Like we already talked about 90% over 90% graduating. You guys announced recently that 14 consecutive semesters with Temple student athletes achieving over a 3.1 GPA You've got nearly half of your students on the dean's list. You have 17 sports with cumulative GPAs over three. It's been a shift. I mean, we've really shifted the culture over the years. And what I, what I enjoy adding to that is our, the admissions profile of our students has not changed. 
So it's still the same students, but the story is we're maximizing every minute. The academic component is a large part of the recruiting process to them to understand. And I say it to, to recruits on all teams, you're going to work harder here. You're going to have teammates in high school who are going to go to other schools and you're going to tell them what you're doing here. And they're like, you're doing more. That's what I want them to be to understand they're going to be a part of. Everyone could find a way to improve a little bit. And if we all combine those little bits, you could start moving in the right direction. So for me, it's been changing the expectations, raising the standards, um, and just expecting more. I'll say that to students in the office. I said that to one not too recently. And I was like, do you want me to lower my expectations? I can. Do you want me to stop expecting so much from you? Am I, is that bothering you that I want you to do all these things? But they see the way we interact. They see the role our center has, and they want to be a part of the good stuff, right? They don't want to be on the bottom list. The NCA has minimum academic requirements for student-athletes. How much are you dealing with guys on that bottom list where they're really, like, touch and go, and you're, you're actively in support to make sure that they're remaining eligible? Yeah, I mean, we've had that conversation before with previous coaches. Give me the list of the guys who are at risk. And I was like, we treat all of them that they're at. We treat everybody that at any given point in time, they could flunk their classes. So the NCA eligibility standards are incredibly low. Like uh, That's something I talk about. Eligibility's here. It's actually lower. My desk, you can't see. You, you, if you saw my hand, this is an audio show. <laughs> but the, if, the, if the eligibility standard's the floor, we try to live at the ceiling. Right, because you'll get the floor if you're already aiming at the top. Jay, do you know what your the GPA to be eligible after your freshman year? What it is? It's a one point eight. We talk to students, and they're like, I tell families when they're sitting here, I'm like, well, what do you think it is? And they're like, oh, three point oh, two point eight. No, it's one point eight. So if we start talking, like, so when we say that, if we're talking about eligibility for a student, that is a huge problem. That means something has gone wrong along the way. But I would say in a given semester. We're about maybe 20 students who have a semester GPA under a 2.0. You know, that's a narrative I've worked on over the years. Of like, yeah, we could talk, but look at all this other great. We just recognized we had a basketball game last night, had 365 student athletes on the court who had over a 3.0. Let's talk about that being the norm. And then these 20, we have to figure out what went wrong along the way and how do we stop it from, from happening. We again. have to point to those 360 students and tell those 20, you can be that too. And that's why it's all done publicly. We're very, you know, part of one of the first things I did when I got here a de over a decade ago was I shared the coaches, everybody's team GPA. They're competitive, man. They don't want to be at the bottom of the list. So putting it out there, like, look at this, and then celebrating those ones who are doing great. And it's not that we point at the ones who don't, but they just don't get the same recognition. And that then burns a fire. I've, I've thought about having a, a day, and we're long past it, where the coaches would wear a t-shirt with their team's GPA on it and walk around the campus. Let's go. Tie it all up for me. Why do we have the Resnick Center? What makes it valuable to both students and to the university? The athletics department and its programs, it's hard to argue that they're not the front porch. You hear that all the time. Athletics is the front porch of the institution. People are seeing the Temple T primarily because of athletics in a lot of spaces. In my estimation, the academic success of our student-athletes in some ways is the front steps to that front porch. We're the story that these students are able to take advantage of, of the, the experience of intercollegiate athletics and be successful.
the values of this institution is special. We're very much aligned. I think knowing Russell Conwell's mission and what he, why we started this place about opportunity, Jay, we're doing that. We are opportunity. And being able to meet our students that way, and like I said, look at their academic profiles coming in and have them go, we're living that mission every day. Well, thank you for joining me. And I wish you and everyone on your staff the best of luck with the rest of the semester. Thank you, Jay. This episode of Val Sports Update Off Air was produced and edited by me, Jay Rosen. Our executive producer is Matt Fine, and our senior producer is Haley Palmer. You can follow Owl Sports Update on Twitter and Instagram, or on our website, owlsportsupdate.com. And you can find every episode of Owl Sports Update off-air on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs>